Well, good morning, friends. How are you guys doing? Good? Glad to be here today? I hope so. I'm so glad to see you all. Uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz are not here today. As they had mentioned last week, um, they are visiting uh, Anna, their daughter, who is performing today, uh, a ballet. And uh, But Pastor Jason, Pastor Liz, myself, Sydney, and Jenny, uh, who's in charge of our kids' ministry, uh, we all went to the One Focus conference this past week, and we got back yesterday, and so we're all feeling a little tired, but it was fantastic, and um, you'll be hearing more about about it over the next few weeks, I'm sure. Uh, the theme of it was Revival of Love. A revival of love. And there's so much to talk about from it. Um, The love of God and just how necessary it is. If there's going to be a revival of anything, it's going to be a revival of love uh, in the church uh, for each other, uh, for the lost, and just learning how to live in the love of God. Uh, But the way they started off the service, or the conference, I should say, was they started off by asking everybody to stand up. So if everybody could stand up, if you're able to. And then they had us all make some space and draw a circle, a big circle with your foot. So go ahead and draw a circle with your foot wherever you can. A little one, big one, whatever you want to do. And then they said, stand in that circle. So get in the circle that you just drew. And then they said, say this, revival starts with me. Revival starts with me. If we want to see a revival, it has to start in each each one of us. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we are believing for, revival in us, and that it would just flow from there. This morning, I want us to all read or say this verse. or Actually, I'll just read it. It'll be up on the screen. But it's from Hebrews 12. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Let us cast off all our cares and focus on him as we worship in Jesus' name. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you. There is no God like you. There's no God that compares to you. There's no God that loves like you. There's no God who is faithful like you. There is no God but you. Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we offer ourselves to you. We praise you, Jesus. We're going to enter into a time of communion. Um, If this is your first time here, we have two tables up front. And 
We have a two-cup system, so when you come to the plate, you can just grab a set of cups, and the bottom cup is the bread, and the top cup is the juice. And then on the center plate in the table is for those who might be gluten-free. Feel free to grab from there. But uh, just come down these uh, center aisles here and here, and then make your, you can wrap yourself back on the outsides or down the center, back to your seats, and then we'll partake together. Come on forward. I love this time that we can commune together with the Lord's Supper, with the Passover meal. We obviously do a a lightened version of the Passover meal. But it's all about the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Amen? Maybe you're here today and you're tired or weary. Maybe you're afraid of something. Maybe you're struggling with some, some type of sin. The wonderful thing about the body and blood of Jesus is that that cross, we can flee to the cross. You know, the enemy comes at us. The world is difficult, but we can go to the cross. We can run to it, and his blood and his body for us can change everything. Amen? can change everything. And when we come, we're not just coming and, you know, eating bread and drinking juice. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, the cup of blessing. So he was talking to the Corinthians and <clears throat> and he was actually encouraging them and actually correcting them. Uh, they were dealing with a lot of different idolatry and different things like that. And he says to them, the cup of blessing that we bless is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? That word participating, we are participating with Jesus. When we come to the, the cross and we eat this bread that represents his body and we drink this juice that represents his blood shed for us, we are participating in his death. We are identifying with him. We are identifying with his love for us. We are letting his love wash over us. We are participating in his, in his death and that we are identifying with him, that we are loving him that we are going to lay down our lives just as he has for us. Every day we give ourselves to him. We lay our lives down for others, loving as he has loved us. So as we, as we get ready to partake, see yourself participating with Jesus, taking part in everything he's done for us. Jesus, we thank you so much for inviting us in to your body, to your blood, and to your death for us. We thank you so much for it. Before we take, just take a moment, close your eyes, focus on participating in this, and take a moment just to repent of any sins, anything going on. You might, you might not have it all perfect, but just say, Jesus, I need your help. 
And I'm running to your cross to help me to do this, to live for you, to follow you. I'm running to you, trusting you, that you're going to work in me and change me. So take a few minutes and do that, and then we'll eat and drink together. from 1 Corinthians 11. Paul says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink together. How many know he's coming too? He's coming back. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to sing another song. Uh, feel free to come up to the front if you'd like and worship. Um, this song is a song of this breakthrough and the enemy being defeated. And so whatever's going on in your life right now, just really come with faith, believing God, that he can break every chain, everything, every bondage, every addiction, every fear, every worry. Every sickness and disease in your body, he can break it all. In Jesus' name. Lord, stir a desperation in us to know you to purify ourselves from all the things of this world, to cast off all the weights and all the distractions. Holy Spirit, we want you. Jesus, we long for you. We long for you. We long for you, Jesus. Everybody just lift your hands and surrender to Jesus. Just ask him just to consume, just to come in. Jesus, we ask you to come in. Sweep through us, sweep through our hearts, sweep through our minds. Fill us with your fire. Consume us with your fire. Baptize us again with your fire. Holy Spirit, move amongst us. We surrender to you. We surrender to you. Jesus, we cry out to you. We cry out to you, Jesus. We need you. Everybody just lift your voice if you can. We need you, Jesus. We cry out to you. We want your glory. But it comes with us crying out to you and surrendering to you. We cry out to you, Jesus. We surrender to you. 
We want you. Jesus, we need you. There is no one like you. We need you now. We need you now. Cleanse us, O God. Forgive us, O God. Purify us, O God. We repent, O God. We we set our minds on you. We turn our minds from everything else, Jesus, and we call out to you. We call out to you. We fix our attention on you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for wanting us. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Holy are you. Holy are you, Jesus. Holy are you. Holy are you. Holy are you, Jesus. The Lord says, fear not. Don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Don't be afraid of all the things you see and hear, all the terror, all the death. You do not fix your eyes on this, but you fix your eyes on me. You must fix your eyes on me in this day. There is no other way. I'm the only peace. I am where your strength lies. Draw near to my mountain where I abide, where I'm high above it all. And I see everything. And you can see like me. Do not look to the world any longer, but withdraw from it from the ways of it. And my fire will consume you. And you will burn hot for me. And you will go forth with me into the darkness and bring life and light and peace to hearts that are in terror. But you must keep your eyes on me. we thank you so much for your word for speaking to us we set our eyes on you and we ask you to forgive us for looking to everything else we set our eyes on you Jesus you are holy and we trust you we trust you Jesus Jesus' name. Amen. Just take a deep breath, everybody. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe in his rest and peace.
many are thankful for the Holy Spirit, for God's word to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If that was new for any of you, hearing a tongue, um, the Lord speaks in his word. Paul talks about it a lot, about God speaking to us through different ways, one of them being tongues and giving us interpretations of them. And it is for our edification and for our peace and for correction and for many different things, but it's to edify us and encourage us and strengthen us for this day. And we're going to be strengthened, amen? We are strengthened. All right, well, we're going to continue on from here. Um, Once again, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz are away. I am Pastor Andy, and uh, I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time here, I welcome you here. We're so glad you could come. Uh, There is a connection card. There should be one in front of you in the seat pocket in front of you uh, somewhere. If you want to, if you'd be willing to fill that out, um, you don't have to put a lot of information, but if you do give us your name and email address, we'll send you a welcome email and um, let you know we're glad that you were here with some other information about our church. Uh, You can also, on that connection card, if you have prayer requests uh, or praise reports, you can write them on there. So please let us know. I send out a prayer email a few times a week um, for whenever the people uh, let me know of things that need prayer. And so uh, please fill those out, and uh, we will make sure that you uh, your prayer request is being prayed for. Um, let's see. What other things do I have to transition here? All right. If you have children, our nursery is open all service, uh, zero to three years old. We have our littles. Our littles class is uh, four years old to six years old, and it is open. It will be open now as soon as we're finished uh, with this part. And uh, that is straight out the doors and to the right, all the way down the hallway, straight into the room with the doors open. That is where our littles are. Um, If you would like to give, you can do that. You can grab an offering envelope. We have two buckets up front or a box on the wall in the back that you can drop your offering in. Uh, You can use an offering envelope or you can give online. There's a few different ways to give. Um, But now is the time to do that. And... I think that is all I have. We're going to take some time and just say hello to the people for a few minutes. And uh, if you need to use the bathroom, go ahead. This is the time to do it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a moment. All right. Announcement time. It's the most wonderful time of service, right? No, no, no. But it is an important time. So we have a few announcements today. First one Men to Men will be this Saturday. It is uh, the men's group of right now that we have of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. It meets on the first and third Saturdays uh, of the month, and it meets right over here. When you pull in, there's a white farmhouse, and that house is where we have, uh, well, our offices are there, but we have a big room in there. That's where Men to Men meet, and you won't want to miss it. It's a great time. It's from 8.30 to I'm sorry, 8 o'clock to 9.30, and it's, uh, there will be donuts. There's always donuts, so if you like donuts, come and check it out. But it is a great time for guys just to get together and talk and dive into the Word. And, um, yeah, you just won't want to miss it. It is a very edifying time, and I find great value in it. So come check that out. The Luciano Group, normally it meets the third Sunday of every month, which would be today. However... Uh, Paul Luciano, who is in charge of that group, is actually going to be speaking today for church. As yeah, 
So he has moved his group to next Sunday night, and his group has been focusing a great deal on healing, God's will for healing in your life and divine healing, and uh, you won't want to miss it. It is a powerful time, and so come next week if you are part of that group or would like to be a part of that group. It's at 6.30 p.m. How long does it go till? Eight? About an hour, 6.30, 7.30. So come check that out next week right here in this, in this room. We have another baptism service coming up on the 29th of this month. So that's two weeks from today. So if you have not been water baptized, uh, please sign up on the back table if you would like to be water baptized. It is an outward demonstration of our faith in Jesus. So when you come to accept Christ and turn to him, he instructs us to be water baptized. And it's a representation of us going, dying with him and being risen to life. And so um, it is a powerful time. It is a fun service that we get to do. There will be a big tank of water right up here, and you'll get baptized right here. And so come check it out. If you have any questions, you can see me, uh, email the church, um, or ask somebody else that goes here and has been water baptized, and they will be able to uh, let you know more about it. But yes, please sign up for that. And the only other announcement I wanted to make, um, continue to pray for Israel. And also pray for the Palestinians and every Arab nation all around. Uh, they all need Jesus. We all do. And, uh, you know, the war going on, you know, it's, it can be shocking and terrifying. And uh, the Lord instructs us to pray for Israel. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. Uh, that's what, Bible, that's what uh, God promised Abraham in the Bible in the beginning when he was forming Israel. And so we need to pray for Israel, but we need to pray for every person because when Jesus comes back, you know, he's coming back for every person who is willing to turn to him. And so we need to pray for, um, for every country around them. Uh, this war is one that has been going on for millennia. Um, if you know the story, I mean, it's a story that started with Abraham. Um, he had Isaac, but he had Ishmael first. And it's really a, it's a family when you look back in scriptures, it's a, it could be a family ordeal, what's going on with the land there. And so, but Jesus is going to make it right. Uh, until he comes, though, we need to pray and pray for uh, the Jews to come to know Jesus. Uh, Paul says that they were blinded for a time, so that way the Gentiles could come in. But there is going to come a time when their eyes are open, when the fullness of the Gentiles has come to completion. And he says, how much more if them being blinded caused us to receive salvation, how much more will it be when their eyes are opened and they come to know Jesus and they realize he is the Messiah? When that moment comes, it is life on earth. That's what's going to happen. True life, the peace of Jesus all across this earth. That time will come when Jesus comes. So all that to say, just continue to pray for them and uh, everything going on there that God's will would be done. So, all right, um, we're going to do offering. I just want to encourage you with something for offering today, and then we're going to get into the message. And I'm going to draw from Mark 12. Mark 12, 29. So Jesus is being questioned, and he says, which commandment, is, or the scribe asks him, which commandment 
is the most important of all. And in verse 29, Jesus answers, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this or than these. So I want to encourage us when it comes to giving, you know, we talk about how the Lord tests. He says, you can test me in your tithe that I will open up the windows of heaven and provide for you. And, and we give, we know the law of sowing and reaping. So when we give, you know, we receive a return from the Lord. But the number one reason that we give, that we live a life of generosity, not just in giving to church or to, your, to this local church, this family, but in giving to anybody you come across in your life, living a generous life, caring for people, giving finances, giving time, giving energy, giving love, giving support. We give because we love God. Man, we are supposed to love him first. And that is the reason we give. We live generously because we love him, because he first loved us. Amen? So in your giving, in your life, do it because you, because you love God. You know, he gives to us not because of what we give to him. He loves, loves us because he is love. He loves us because he wants to, because he created us, and he knows who we are, who we really were made to be, who he created us to be. He always loves us, not based on our performance, but on who he is. And so let us also love with that same mindset. So I'll pray, and then I'll welcome Paula. Father, we thank you so much for loving us so, so much. And we just set our hearts right now to give from a heart of love for you because we love you. We offer up all of our finances. We offer up all of our talents, all of our gifts, all of our ability, all of our strength, all of our might. We offer it all to you, Jesus, because we love you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to show us how to love like you and to be generous like you every single day. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Please welcome Brother Paul. Give him a big hand. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. How many of you know God is good? He is good 24-7, isn't he? Is there anybody here that doesn't know me? I'm a retired home builder. For 60 years, I built custom homes, probably between my brother and I, 1,600 homes. We had a very busy life. But um, I'm still building. I'm building the kingdom. Hallelujah. And uh, if it wasn't for his healing power, I would not be here tonight, today, this morning. But I'll get into that a little later. But I want to thank... Uh, Pastor Andy, Pastor Jason, for allowing me to share, share my testimony. I believe God has some uh, meat and potatoes for us today. I really do. If I can ever get to my notes here. I guess it's in the front. While I'm fumbling around, I want to uh, do a shout out for our worship team. How many of you know that uh, it takes dedication and it takes work? And uh, there we go. Actually, 
56 years ago, my wife and I were uh, members of a 50-plus member choir, IWC, Mainline Choir, and uh, I guess it was pretty good. We made some albums in Cleveland, traveled around a few churches singing, but the thing that I remember, all right, was practice. Practice, practice, practice. You know, Saturday night for an hour, an hour and a half, practice, getting ready for Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock, practice, practice, getting ready for the evangelistic Sunday night service. Practice, practice. And I was pretty busy. And I tried to tell that guy, listen, I can't be there all the time. And he wouldn't hear it. <laughs> you got to be there. You got to be there. Well, anyways, I just let's give him a hand, the worship team. I'll tell you what. Like I said, it takes a lot of dedication, and they do a great job for us, and we're happy for that. Um, I always like to start off with something funny, and I heard about these three preachers that uh, died all at the same day, Baptist, Catholic, and a Charismatic. They approached Peter at the, throne, at the pearly gates, and Peter said, you know what? We're, we, uh, we're waiting for a load of gold to come in to finish your floors in your mansion. And he said, so I made a deal with Satan that you could stay there for a few days. He was reluctant, but he said, okay. So he said, uh, you'll be there for a few days. I'll call you when, when your mansion is ready. Well, after three days went by, Satan called up Peter and he said, hey, you got to get rid of these guys. That Baptist is converting everybody. The priest is forgiving all the sins. And the charismatic has raised enough money to put air conditioning here. So, you know, that wasn't working out real well. All right, stand to your feet. Repeat after me. Hold your Bibles up toward heaven, your mechanical device. I know there's a Bible in there somewhere. And say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. All things are possible to me. All things are possible to me. This morning, I'll be taught the Word of God. It will take root in my heart. The eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. And when I leave here, faith will have risen to another level. And I'll never, never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm working off of two outlines today, because when I do an outline, it's an hour long, and I was informed a few days ago by the office that I've got 30 minutes, so I'm trying to abbreviate. I'm not real good at abbreviating, so be patient. <laughs> Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Glory to God. <clears throat> well, anyways, if you meant that confession, and I'm sure we all did, it says, all things are possible to me. Sometimes we face things that are not too cool. You know, like when the doctor told me, he said, you got six blocked arteries, boy, you're in bad trouble, you know, four months. And that was in 1999. Guess what? God is good. Amen. So, you know, the devil will try to fight any miracle that we want. And the title of the lesson, of course, is Blocking the Blocker. The blocker being the devil. He doesn't want us to receive a miracle. He doesn't want us to receive healing. He knows if I'm healed of, of heart disease and six-blocked arteries, he knows that I'm going to tell you about it, and I'm going to tell other people about it, and you're going to do the same. And he doesn't want that. 
He knows that you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, so your name is securely fastened in the Lamb's Book in Life, and you don't have to worry about that. But he don't want you running around here on earth telling you how good God is. I mean, I understand we're going to be hearing some stuff about the love of God. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the promises of God. Uh, anybody know how many promises are in? I call this a love letter. I'll tell you what. Anybody know? How many? Le I heard somebody say 11,000. There's 11,782 promises in this love letter. 11,782 promises from God. I know a lot about promises. Promises can also be called covenants. They can also be called contracts. I've signed hundreds of them in my day. When I sign a contract with somebody to build them a house, I'm obligated. They're obligated. I'm obligated to do 25 pages of whatever is in that house from the ground up to the faucet in the sink to the keys going in the doorknob. I'm obligated. And they're obligated to pay me. Huh? So the two people are obligated. And in this case, 11,782 promises, and I can't say it enough because sometimes it's hard for people to believe that, are signed with the blood of Jesus. So I want you to get this today, the fact that as far as God's concerned, it's a done deal. What, it, what Jesus did at Calvary completed, and the blood that he shed was signed for every one of these promises. My friends, that is the love of God. So I want to go over a couple promises. Just I know i gotta, I got to abbreviate and i got to keep moving. So Our first scripture is found in Philippians 4.19, and it says, My God, my God shall supply all my needs according to Social Security check, according to your pension check, according to your paycheck. Now, you know, those things help. But, you know, we need to put God's supernatural on our income. And maybe you're looking for a better job. Maybe you're looking for a job. You think those 11,782 promises don't cover that? What a love letter we have here, folks. I'm here to tell you. My God shall supply all your needs, all, not some, all your needs according to his riches in glory. We're talking about his riches. So, you know, we need to work on and, and figure out how to bring these promises into our life, and that's what I'm teaching on. And what hinders it? The Lord told me about nine months ago, he said, start teaching in your life group what hinders people from being healed. Because I've been watching the prayer chain that comes through, and I've been watching everybody that, that calls in for healing, and there's just a lot of people that need healing. And he says, it's wonderful that they acknowledge they need healing, and they acknowledge that prayer will work. But we've got to know what the hindrances is. What's causing it to stop? What is the blocker doing? So there's one promise. That has to do with needs. Somebody say, my needs are covered. Sometimes I ask my group, I said, do you ever call on the angels? You know, in Hebrews, the first chapter in the 14th verse, it says, are they not all ministering spirits? We're talking about angels sent here to help us. When I've got rental property that needs rented, I say, harvesting angels, go bring me in people to rent my property. But don't just give me anybody. I want good people. I want people that can afford the rent. That's what those ministering angels are for. There's harvesting angels, prosperity angels. And I asked my group, do you ever call on them? And I'm asking you, do you ever call on them? There's another verse in Proverbs. Here I go. There's another verse in Proverbs that says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Do you ever call on the wealth? They ain't going to fall on you like ripe cherries falling off a tree. That's a promise. 
The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. The wealth of the unjust is laid up for the just. That's a promise. But it's not going to fall on us if we don't act on it. We need to act on these promises. We need to call them into our being. We need to call them into manifestation in our lives. Amen. Psalms, everybody has this one to memory. Psalms, the 23rd Psalm in the first verse. It says, my, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, we already took care of the needs. Now we're taking care of your wants. Huh? Yeah, I shall not want. Why? Because all my wants have been taken care of. And then we move on to the next one. I love this next one. It says, Psalms 37.4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Dear God. We just went from our needs met, our wants met, and now our desires are met. Somebody say amen. amen. I mean, that goes way beyond needs and wants. I was teaching Sunday school up here at the Road Center to a bunch of teenagers about, how old is Justin Dumont? <laughs> uh, 20 years ago or so, 25 years. He raised his hand and he said, Brother Paul, I love Jaguars. I said, oh, they're nice, yeah. He said, you think God would give me one? I, I gave him that verse. I said, gave him that verse. And he's doing very well. He's doing very well. I don't know if he ever had a Jaguar. I know he's got a great wife. I think I heard his dad say one time, he's got a Jaguar. I said, okay. All right. I love the next one. 1 Peter 2.24. It says, in his own body, in his own body, he took care of the sins issue by the shedding of his blood. But also, also, 39 stripes on his back. You know, guys, when they threw that cat of nine tails over his back and they dragged it, it pulled the flesh off his back. 39 stripes. Medical science will tell you that there are 39 root causes of all diseases known to man. Jesus paid the price for every one of them with those stripes. I mean, that promise alone... If you'll meditate on that, you say, well, I'm not sure. Well, if you'll meditate on that, faith will come and you can be healed. You can be healed. Hallelujah. All right. And I'm going to get into that pretty heavy a little in a little later. I want to talk for just a minute about <clears throat> um, the methods. There are many methods for divine healing. And this synopsis that I'm teaching today, you can use it in any area of your life. I mean, if, 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 if it's not sickness... If it's lack of finances, you need to have a, a debt canceled, relationships are not going well. I mean, you can work, you can work these scenarios in, in, in the same manner. Let's just take a look at some of the methods that we can transfer <clears throat> this healing power into our bodies. Number one, you can call the prayer team. We've got a prayer chain here at the church. Uh, number two, prayer of agreement. Let me just say something about the prayer of agreement because that's quite a promise in the Bible. <clears throat> It says, um, if any two of you shall agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. I've learned by signing a lot of contracts that that word shall is probably the most powerful word in the English language. It really obligates you. I know one time when I signed a contract and I was probably in my 20s, and the attorney said to me, Paul, if you don't do that, that word shall or will, they'll come and <laughs> they'll come and they'll... They'll take your house, they'll take your car, they'll take the clothes out of your walk-in closet, they'll take your TV. It's powerful. Well, God put it in here for a reason. He just didn't put it in here to fill in the page, did he? No, he put it in here because he loves us. 
if any two of you shall agree is touching any one thing, it shall be done. Now, you need to know who you're getting in agreement with. If, you're, if you need healing, you don't want to get in agreement with somebody that says, well, you know what, you know what, Brother Andy, I'm really not sure it's God's will to heal you. I'm really not sure about that, you know. He might be putting that sickness on you, brother, to teach you something. You know, that's just nonsense out of the pit of hell. No. So you want to have somebody agree with you that's a faith person that believes in the same thing, that believes in the word of God and the power that's in the word of God to heal you. We've got to keep moving here. Prior agreement at the communion table, the broken body of Jesus, we can, we can receive and take our healing through that. Laying on of hands, James, brother of Jesus, well, stepbrother of Jesus, in uh, the fifth chapter, in the 14th and 15th verse, he says, if there's any sick among you. Now, this was one of the first churches, full gospel churches after Jesus went into heaven, in, and this church was in Jerusalem. <clears throat> he said, if there's any sick among you, and, I, and when I read that sometimes I think, you know what, they were so used to being healed back there. They were so used to walking in health. That's God's perfect will for us, to walk in health. When Satan trespasses on your body, when Satan trespasses on your body with sickness and disease, that should upset you. If, a, if somebody came into your house and you're there reading a book and the, he's trespassing and he takes your, carries your TV out, carries your wife's jewelry out, you know, car- I mean, what are you going to do? Sit there and keep reading your book? No, you're going to get upset and you're going to stop that animal. <clears throat> well, that's what we need to do when sickness and disease tries to attach itself to our body, it's trespassing because our body belongs to God and our, our body, our te- it's the temple of the Holy Spirit and sickness and disease has no right there. So you see, when we begin to understand these things, it kind of changes the, way, it changes the way you look at things and changes the way you, you, you function and the way you try to get this to manifest in your life. So James says, if there be any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and they will pray the prayer of faith. They will pray the prayer of faith and it goes on to say, if he's committed any sin, it will be forgiven him. What did we read in 1 Peter 2.24? On the cross, on the tree, Jesus took care of sins and sickness and disease. So James, Reverend James, in that, in that particular passage is covering both. Or I, I, I've heard it said that actually this was a newborn Christian dabbling in sin. So it took care of the sin issue and it took care of the sickness issue all in the same prayer. Don't you know God is good? Don't you know he loves us? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, and this is my favorite. My favorite method. Simply confessing his word, his healing word. You know, when I was going through it with my heart problem, my heart problem, yeah. And by the way, I'll never be bothered with that again. I'll never be bothered with that again. Well, you can't say that, Brother Paul. You just don't know. That might rise up. No, I have a promise. You ever read the book of Nahum? Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows that I trust in him. You go to the ninth verse, and it says, An affliction will not arise a second time. I'll never be bothered with it again. So that is my favorite way to deal with sickness and disease. Simply confess, believe when you confess it, Whatever's going on in your body. I haven't just been healed of heart disease. I've been healed of prostate cancer. I've been healed of neuropathy. I've been healed of an impacted tooth. I went there three times. I built a house for the dentist. I built his dentist office. I said, Greg, this thing throbs. What's wrong with it? He drilled it out once. He drilled it out twice. 
He'd x-rayed it. He said, there's nothing wrong with it. I said, why is it hurting? After about the third or fourth time, I went and, and got a hold of him. And he said, we're just going to have to pull it. I said, well, I don't know about that. I went out in the car, and I sat in the car, and I thought, duh, this is harassment. I mean, what was I trying to do? I was trying to get the dentist that I know real well, built his house, built his office, uh, to try to come up with a solution to this throbbing tooth. I said, okay, this is it. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, in the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor there's power in the name of Jesus. I said, in the name of Jesus, this stops now. This is harassment, and I'm not going to put up with it any longer. And that was the end of that, and that was three years ago, and I still have that tooth. All right. <clears throat> Uh, I want to explain next how healing power works. <clears throat> oh, glory to God. First of all, any of these methods that we've talked about, and, and there's, there's a lot of them, when you engage that method with the prayer of faith, healing power goes into your spirit, man. Every time. Every time it goes into your spirit, man. Now, that healing power, which is an invisible force, and we, we talk about that a lot. It's an invisible force. You can read about it in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, down around the 16th, 17th, and 18th verse, somewhere in there. It's an invisible. But it's capable of destroying the visible. Well, what's the visible? Bad doctor's report, pain in your body, bad x-ray, bad MRI. It's capable of bringing that down to naught. That means down to zero. If those things come down to zero, then you're healed. So this healing force, this spiritual force, goes into your spirit, man. It goes in every time. Now, it has to pass over, and I'm sure you're reading it. That's pretty neat having that on the back wall. I never knew something like that. That's pretty hot. It goes from your spirit, man, into your body and goes to work on your body. But first, it's got to transfer, it's got to get past your mind, and your emotions. And that's where the blocker hangs out. And I'm going to share three accounts of that today. My personal testimony, my mother's personal testimony, and Pam Dumont, or Jim Dumont, being raised from the dead testimony. It has to go through that. And that's where the blocker hangs out. Now, God is so good. <clears throat> Trying to stay with my uh, outline here, my abbreviated outline. Here's some warnings. Again, God loves us so much. Here's a few of the warnings. We're going to go to. We're going to go to Second Corinthians, the second chapter, and the eleventh verse. And. All right, he said, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. There's, where, there's, there's a big problem right there. Yeah, the next verse, too. Um, go to the next verse, Hosea 4.6. Hosea 4.6 says... My people are destroyed. He's not talking about the sinner, not talking about the heathen, not talking about, he's talking about people that are here today. He says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowing 
My people are destroyed. They die before their time. They, they, they put up with sickness and disease when they shouldn't have to because this, this is a failed. Jesus did it all at Calvary. It's taken care of, folks. Somebody said one time, actually you can read it in Romans, the 10th chapter. He says, if we should just call Jesus to come down. If Jesus would just come and visit me. If Jesus would just come and lay hands on me. No, no, Jesus says, I got the t-shirt. I've been there, I've done that. And the holes are in my hands. I'm not coming back down there. I did the work at the cross. I did the work at the cross. It's all done. So if, thank God for these warnings. Um, He goes on to say in, uh, actually Jesus said it in John 10.10, didn't he? It's not on there. John 10.10, he says, the thief, the devil, the blocker, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What I'm teaching this morning, he's going to try to steal from you before you get to the parking lot. Because what I'm teaching this morning will put you over for your miracles. So that's what he wants to steal. He don't want you helping somebody. He don't want you telling somebody. He don't want you preaching the good news to anybody that you might help them. So he'll try to steal the word. He'll try to steal the teaching and the preaching of the word. Why? Yeah, so he could kill us. He really don't want us here. He don't want us here doing good for God. He don't want us here testifying of the goodness of God. But Jesus said, I come. <laughs> I come that you might have life and have it more, more, more. Somebody say more. More abundantly. That's huge. That's huge. Hallelujah. Look at this. 1 Peter 4. Oh, I'm sorry. 1 Peter 5 and 8. You know, <clears throat> God puts these warnings in here for a reason. If you're cruising down a highway and we just had a flood and it washed off the bridge... And the river was roaring. And nobody put up the sign. Said, hey, the bridge is out, road closed. Nobody put the sign up. You're tooling 60 mile an hour. Whoo, blub, 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 blub. Let me tell you something. It's much easier to avoid a trap. It's much easier to avoid a trap than to try to swim your way out of a sinking car in a river. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Satan is always trying to block us, always trying to trap us. And a big one is because we lack knowledge. My people are destroyed. God's warning us. If you don't get this knowledge, if you don't get it, you're open for the, for the working of Satan. I like, I like what Peter did. Peter did in, in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He says, uh, <clears throat> I wonder what version we got here. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary... The devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I'm glad Peter called him a roaring lion. Because if you understand a lion, when they're going for supper, they're not roaring. They sneak and they pounce on a rabbit or whatever. But a roaring lion is one that's old, tired, can't run so good, and all his teeth are rotten. And that's the way Peter expressed that to us. This lion has just got a roar. But he's not, he can't hurt you. And that's what Jesus did at Calvary. He defanged him. Jesus said in, in Luke, the 10th chapter, in the 19th verse, he said, behold. You know what the word behold means? Jesus said, hey, listen. Listen up. He said, I got something very important to tell you. Behold. Something I got very important to tell you. I have given you power over all the power of the devil. 
and nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing can by any means hurt you. Now that's something we've got to have in our spirit, man. So we can go after sickness and disease, we can go after poverty and lack when it tries to attach itself to our lives. Proverbs 18.21, Proverbs 18.21, it says, <clears throat> yeah, this is how we, this is how, <laughs> yeah. The devil will always try to get your tongue. He will always try to get your words. Because this is how he'll defeat you. <clears throat> it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if he can get you to say, you know what? Heart disease runs in my family. My dad, my Brian Dud died of heart disease. My dad died of heart disease. A cocker spaniel died of, I'll probably, you know, and I won't even let it come out of my mouth. He wants your tongue. He wants your words. And going, for, and going through your emotions and your mind, this is where he works. This is where he tries to get your tongue. He tries to get you talking what he's putting in your mind. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to give you some accounts, <clears throat> personal accounts <clears throat> of how this thing works. Ah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> In 1999, <clears throat> I had my family in Cancun, Mexico. Children, grandchildren. We were having a vacation. Let me back up and just give you some background about heart disease in our family. I had a three-year-old grandson uh, have open-heart surgery in Cleveland when he was three years old. Came out all right. He just turned 20 years old. He has his own remodeling business. He's doing fine. Down at my house yesterday. And he'll never be bothered with it again. Because we're redeemed from that curse. I had a seven-year-old granddaughter. We just went to her wedding a few weeks ago in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> She's a physical assistant there, PA, I guess they call them. But she underwent an eight-hour operation when she was seven years old in her uh, heart problems. I don't know all about it. I was just in Pittsburgh Hospital, believe in God. She'll be all right. She'll never be bothered with it again. I got a promise. So anyways, I'm in Cancun, and, and I, also I've had four aunts and one uncle all die of massive heart attacks before the age of 55. My mother, at age 52, a massive heart attack. She didn't die. The others, four aunts and one uncle, were all in the Jehovah Witness thing. And they didn't know anything about what I'm talking about today. But my mother was a Pentecostal preacher. She pastored the four-square church. In there. She had a massive heart attack, and the doctor told her when she, he was dismissing her out of the hospital, he said, now, <clears throat> when you go home, I want you to sit on the couch. I want you to have somebody fix your meals. I want you to have somebody clean your house. And, oh, by all means, call the church Tell them they have to get another pastor because if you get up behind the pulpit and your blood pressure goes up a little bit, you'll have a fatal heart attack, probably die, or a stroke and be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. Whoosh. 
Are you seeing it? So mom went home and she sat on the couch. Yeah. She sat on the couch. Sometimes you got to say something. And she said, God, you've called me to preach. I love to tell people about Jesus. I love to tell people that he died and shed his blood for their sins so they don't ever have to go to hell. He said, I love to tell people about your healing power. And God, I'm going to preach Sunday morning. Faith without corresponding action. Barb, I just love you. <laughs> she canceled her surgery. <laughs> that was corresponding action, girl. My mom said, I'm going Sunday morning to preach. She prepared her message. She's 52 years old. She had a fatal heart attack. Sunday morning, she drove herself to church, preached, came home, got her message ready for Sunday night, went Sunday night and preached again, went Wednesday night and preached again, and she did that until she was 84 years old, and you just missed a good chance to say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, my mom read her Bible through every year, sometimes even more. And I know she read the 90th chapter of, of Psalms, where God talks about our time here on earth is three score and ten, 70 years. Okay, my mom turned 70. My mom could have lived longer than 74. But her words. And I didn't know anything about anything about anything about what I'm talking about this morning at that time. And I'd come in to have lunch with her sometimes. How are you doing, Mom? She said, I'm doing great. But you know, I'm living on borrowed time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. She was starting to build a resistance to life. I mean, I heard her say that time and time again. I'm living on borrowed time. I'm living on borrowed time. Instead of the 91st Psalm that says, you know, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation and everything that's wrapped up in my salvation. That's what she should have been saying. Oh, bless God, he healed me of, of heart disease. I'm doing fine. I'm doing wonderful. I'm going to be satisfied with a long life. See, that's the way you counteract what's going in here, the emotion in the mind. You counteract it with what God said, not with what he's putting up there. Now, if you'll read that 90th a chapter of Psalms, you'll find out that God was talking to the, to the unbelievers. He wasn't talking to us. He was talking to that group that came out of, the, out of the promised land and said, oh, there's giants there. We're grasshoppers there. There's nothing we can do there. They'll destroy us. We can't go there. And that's when God said, okay, you're going to live to be 70 and that's it. And I'm going to let your kids go into the promised land. And she wasn't getting that. That's why when we have our opening confessions, guys, I, our confession is that the mind of our understanding, the eyes of our understanding, everybody say understanding. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened so that we will know what's going on. The Bible says in all you're getting, get understanding. You can memorize half of the New Testament, but if you don't understand anything, if the Holy Spirit hasn't given you revelation, revelation on these things, then it will profit you nothing. Well, anyways, uh, my mother lived to be that long. Well, I'm, here I am in Cancun, Mexico. I'm going back to Cancun, Mexico. Woo! Fun. Well, it hit me. Chest pain, arm pain, jaw, all of that. And I, uh, I just built a house for a cardiologist. 
And I called him. He said, well, I'm on vacation. I can't help you. I said, yeah, okay. He said, I'll call, I'll call the hospital and we'll get things set up for you and you can come in there and they'll check you out. Okay. So, <clears throat> anyways, I get in the hospital and they run the camera up there in the art, in my heart, and they said, I was in the recovery room and the heart surgeon came in and he said, he said, uh, oh boy, <clears throat> he said, you got six blocked arteries, you're really in bad shape. You got two that are 100%, one 99%, and I believe one was 95%. 190% and 170. So, okay. What's that entail? Well, we have to, we really like, need to do open heart surgery tomorrow. I said, what's that entail? Well, those arteries will never work. The 70% one will work. But what we have to do is cut your legs open and harvest arteries out of there and cut these out and graft those other arteries in. I thought, wow, that sounds pretty serious. So he left and I'm laying there and I, saw, I said, Lord, I know your word tells me that you are not a respecter of persons. And I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you healed my mother. That the healing power of God went into my mother when she began to speak the word of God. And so I said, I'm checking myself out. So I did. I couldn't walk very much without all the symptoms showing up. <clears throat> So when I got home, I wrapped myself around healing scriptures. I got healing books, and I read them, and I devoured all of that. And I was taking it into my spirit man. And the only two people that prayed for me was Pastor Jim and uh, an itinerant preacher that I had a lot of respect for. <clears throat> used to stay in our house. We used to feed him and make donations to his ministry and, and all of that. So that was the two prayers. Well, after, I don't know, if it was three or four or five weeks, and I would go to the treadmill every day because I'm thinking the healing power of God is working mightily in my body. Then the treadmill should be okay. Well, I could only go a minute and a half and then all the pain would show up. So I called this itinerant preacher. He's an evangelist, so they're pretty bold. They're pretty bold. I hope you're ready for this. I hope you're ready for this. I said, brother, I said, I want you to pray for me. I said, you know, uh, I'm not getting any better. And he kind of giggled and snickered. And he said, I'm not going to pray for you. Here comes a blocker. What is with this guy? He's not going to pray for me. I've given him donations. I keep him in my house. I feed him. I carry I transport him around. What? This is going, going on. But he's, this, this bold preacher is over here saying, let your request be known with thanksgiving and praise, with thanksgiving and praise, with thanksgiving. Brother, you need to learn that once the prayer is prayed, that's it, that's it. You need, from then on, you need to thank God for the working power of the healing, healing power of God's working mightily in your body. And he's going on, and this is going on. I'll tell you, your mind is something else. He's talking to me over the phone, and in my mind, the, the blocker is talking to me. Who does this guy think he is? He was appealing to what? My carnal nature. He was appealing to my carnal nature. But I'll tell you what, the more, he, the more he exhorted me with the word of God and explained to me, and the more my spirit man said, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, he's right. Then the more that drowned it out. The blocker was drowned out because of the word of God that kept coming in. 
And from that time on, that was a turning point, and I was glad for that because now I can stand here today and tell you. I can tell you how the blocker works. If I'd have fell for that and just got an attitude over, over what I was hearing, I may not be here today, folks. You say, is it really that serious, Brother Paul? I'm telling you, it's really that serious. Well, after that, I'd go to the treadmill, I'd pray in tongues, and I'd, 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 I even made some songs up, and you wouldn't want to hear them. You know, on the treadmill, I'd sing some songs. I've been set free from, you know, the heart disease and the curse of the devil and whatever, you know. And uh, pretty soon, pretty soon, Pastor Andy, three minutes on the treadmill, no pain. Four minutes on the treadmill, pain would show up. I go right back the next day. And it wasn't long, folks. I got to cut this short. And it wasn't long. And it was a mile. And you missed a good chance to shout and say amen. Because I did not have open heart surgery. Are you listening to me? And I have six brand new arteries. Hallelujah. But a lot of things went on through that. And I just don't have time today to share any of them. But they're all learning things. Okay. That help us. Uh, no, okay, I'm not going there. I'm going, to, I'm going to another account, and this is Pam Dumont called me one day, and you all know the story pretty much, <clears throat> but you don't know what I'm going to tell you, so you've got to stay awake. She um, called me, and she said, and she's frantic. She said, Brother Paul, Brother Paul, she said, you've got to help me, you've got to help me. I said, okay, okay, what's up? And she's trying to tell me something, and I couldn't understand a word she was saying. I said, Pam, I can't understand a word you're saying, but I know you're in trouble. We're going to pray. <clears throat> well, then she got quiet. She collected herself, and she said, Jim is laying in the middle of the road. They think a car hit him. A farmer was going by on his tractor, and he saw him in the middle of the road. So <clears throat> he got off, and he's down there, and he's giving him CPR. And he, she said, uh, she, uh, Jim jogged a lot. I mean, there was a healthy guy. He was slim and trim like me. <laughs> he jogged a lot, you know, I know. And she was working, getting supper ready, and he was out for a jog. And, and I've been there, and I know they have a long driveway. And she, uh, <clears throat> she, the Lord told her that Jim's in trouble. You need to go find him. So she left, and she found him in the middle of the road. And I begin to quote the word of God. Do you have it there, the Psalms? <clears throat> Psalm 118, 17 says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of God. And I begin to say, Pam, he will live and not die. He will live and not die. He will live and not die. He will live and, and I said it, I don't know, 8, 10, 11, 12 times. And all of a sudden, I heard, we have a heartbeat. Glory to God. She says, I got to go. They're putting him in the ambulance, taking him to the hospital. I said, okay, good. He, he will live and not die. He will live and not die. Well, they put him in a coma there, you know. And one day goes by, and we begin to hear bad stuff. Uh, I, and I, I, do, I do Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah, is that on our sheet? I think it is. Yeah, 54, 17. No weapon formed against him will prosper. No weapon formed against him will prosper. So every time I hear something negative, that's what I'd say. And I know a lot of the church folks were saying the same thing. They were standing in faith with us. <clears throat> day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. They're saying, you know what, if he does come out of it, Pam, he'll be a vegetable. He'll be in a wheelchair the rest of his life. Da, da, da. No weapon formed against him will prosper, and every lying tongue will be uh, uh, 
One translation says confuted. In other words, discombobbled. So I said, those words are discombobbled. He will live and not die. I'm sticking with it. He will live and not die. Well, then on the sixth day, his grandkids come in. They're getting ready to say goodbye. They've been there all that time. And they went, laid their hands on him, and he woke up. And you missed a good chance to shout and say amen. <laughs> he woke up and wondering, what's all these wires? And listen, where am I and all this? Anyways, here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. And we're going to wrap up here, Andy. A month later, he called me up, and he said, hey, they're having Taco Tuesday down at the Mexican thing down there on uh, El Alameda, whatever it is, down on State Street. And I said, okay, yeah, let's go. Well, Pam tells me this. She says, when you were saying he will live and not die, the blocker, the blocker. She said, I had just seen my husband. I just seen his eyes turn to jelly and roll back in his head. I just seen his face and his hands turn purple and gray. And the devil was telling me to tell you, Brother Paul, Brother Paul, he's already dead. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life were in the power of the tongue. So right then there was a battle. She was fighting the good fight of faith. And in that scripture, the fighting the good fight of faith, I think it's in Timothy uh, 2, 4. Sometimes to fight the good fight of faith, you just have to keep your mouth shut. And you have to deal with the blocker here. And she said, Brother Paul, because of the way we've been taught, I knew if I was to say to you, even though it appeared that he was already dead, you know, that doesn't really matter. That really doesn't matter. I was speaking life. I was speaking Romans 8, chapter 2, verse. The law, the law, it's a law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will set us free from the law of the spirit of death. Did you hear that? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of the spirit of death. I mean, that was working full steam ahead on, on Pastor Jim. And she refrained. She refrained from saying, Brother Paul, he's already dead. I don't know that that would have had an effect on me, but it did not need to be said. And I'm thanking God she didn't say it. I was sitting in the airplane. This came to me three times, so i got to say it. <clears throat> I was sitting in the airplane getting ready to go to Nashville to my, my granddaughter's wedding. And I'm sitting there minding my own business, and the Holy Spirit said, you see the wings? I said, yeah, I see the wings. She said, he said, um, do you ever doubt that those wings are going to get you up in the air? I said, well, no, I never doubt it. I've flown a lot. I never doubt that. The Holy Spirit says, well, when my people get enough of my word in their spirit, man, they never doubt. They never, see, see, those wings, that's a law. It's called the law of lift. And when you associate it with the law of thrust, you got it, buddy. You're going 30,000 feet in the air, that 50-ton machine, whatever it is. And what does those two laws do? They render the, another law powerless. What is that other law? Gravity. That's what... That's what I was doing with Pam. With Romans the 8th chapter, there is a law. The law of the spirit of life. 
I was invoking that into his body. So let's read that. I think it's up on the screen. Pastor Jim sent this to me a month ago. I don't know, six weeks ago. It says, uh, here's a note from Pastor Jim Dumont, back from the dead. Jesus commissioned his disciples and sent them out saying, heal the sick. Wait a minute. We're supposed to pray to God to heal the sick. Oh, oh. Jesus didn't say that, did he? Are you listening to me? I've been guilty of it. Maybe you have not. But I've been guilty over the years of praying to God to heal this and heal me and heal this and heal me, heal this and whatever. The work is completed at Calvary. It's time for us to praise God for what he's done and thank him. Pastor Andy, get ready. Here we go. I'm going to read this. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give. Matthew 10, 8. If we don't believe that God has already done his part and put that raising from the dead power on the inside of us, then we can go out and heal the sick. Just what I'm saying about those wings on that airplane. It's a law. It works every time. We get this power on the inside of us if we know it's already been put there, but if we don't, a lot of people don't know it. <clears throat> Cleanse the leopards, raise the dead. God's healing power has already been generated and is now deposited on the inside of every born-again, spirit-filled believer. It's not up to God. It's not up to God to heal the sick. He's already done it. It's up to us to believe, take authority over the sickness, release that power and command these things to happen. Amen. Pastor Andy. How many of you appreciate Brother Paul? You know, uh, he's a father in the faith. You're not a... I'm following after Abraham then. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that he's old. He's not. He's a father in the faith. And, um, you know, there's not, it's, it's hard to find a lot of fathers in the faith in our world, uh, but they're out there and he's one of them. And so I encourage you to surround yourself uh, with him. If, uh, come to his group on Sunday nights on the third Sunday of the month, though it's this Sunday coming up next week, and come and get more of that that teaching and that feeding and that fatherly love and advice and wisdom because um, we need, we need that uh, in this world. And so um, thank you so much, Paul, for being willing to come out here and share. You know, as a pastor, the number one thing that really a a pastor can do as a a pastor is a shepherd of sheep, right? And, And I'm a sheep as well. But the number one thing that we can do as pastors, is really teach how to train your mind, how to guard your thoughts, how to live from a mind of the Spirit, from the, from the Spirit man, and getting that word into your mind so you can guard your thoughts and keep out the blocker until we can really can learn how to guard our minds and control our thoughts. You know, uh, the enemy has that open door to just come in, get into your mind and get into your heart. And um, 
So I want to encourage us all to really dive into the Word and get our minds fixed on it, because as we do, we live from the the life of the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit, and we start to see the fruits of the Spirit and the the, the Word coming to life and working in us. So I want to encourage you all in that. And also, I just want to encourage you, no matter what, listen, I had a, uh, my mom passed away from cancer back in 2021, and it's really easy for the enemy to then try to come in and say, see, it didn't work. But I'm going to tell you what, I don't care what happened. I don't know all the reasons. I don't know everything that my mom thought in those moments and all of that. But I know one thing, God's word is true, and I'm going to believe it. Because I was personally healed of asthma when I was 22 years old. And I know it works. And so I want to encourage us, no matter what's happened in your life, no matter you might, have, might not have seen things work out the way you anticipated, dive back into the word. God is not a liar. His word is true. And there is not a time in the world, there's never been a time more than now that we need to dive into this and go out and minister life to people. Daniel said those uh, those who understand are going to go out and shine like the stars. And we're going to go out and do exploits and works in a dark world because people need Jesus. And these signs and these wonders and things that he wants to do, they are so people, their eyes will open up and they'll say, oh my goodness, there is a God and they'll turn to him. So thank you, Brother Paul, for just uh, lacing us with faith today and encouraging us. And I encourage all of you to uh, come out next week to continue to hear uh, what the Lord's placed on his heart. Um, if you do need healing uh, in some way today, please come up to the front and we will pray with you. We have um, some prayer teams that will be up here and we'll be glad to pray and minister healing to you. If it is not physical but something else, please come up and let us pray for you. Anything going on in your life, we want to pray for you and partner with you. So let us pray, and we will go from here. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is true. Thank you that you give us life, Lord God, and that you have equipped us with everything we need to go out and to just take back what the devil has stolen. Thank you that you've given us the authority, the power, and the might through your word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to go out and bring life and peace and joy and health Lord God, to the people living in darkness all around us, we open up our hearts to you. We commit to following you, partnering with you, going about the Father's business to minister life to people and lead people into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.